0: Offer valid on Select AK system sets through June 16, 2024.
2: See participating retailer for details.
3: Good morning football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
4: Got a man there, Sean Bates touchdown, Washington!
3: Good for the touchdown! Marvin Jones, the two-point conversion is good! How good is that? Aaron Wilson with a catch and run, 55-yard touchdown! He gets, oh, he's baby. got it, Uh-oh. touchdown! Oh, that's
4: just, hey, DJ, I trust you, go get it. to career left, touchdown. throws it, touchdown, Miami!
2: A two-point conversion, this is the game. Four. It's him. Kelsey stretches out for the end zone. Touchdown! Jawan Jennings on the ricochet. Oh,
4: what a catch by
5: joker! Touchdown! AJ Brown. Hands off to Jacobs. Burst through the hole. Nobody's gonna catch him. Ball game!
6: It was a beautiful week, a good football in the NFL. Here's a look at the playoff picture starting in the AFC. The number one and two seeds, Kansas City, Miami, both with wins over the past weekend. Seeds three and four, Titans, Ravens. They had a loss. They tallied one up in the loss column. Bills at five, Bengals six, Jets seven. Currently, your last team after a Mike White win. Mm-hmm. On to the NFC, where your top three seeds, Philly, Minnesota, San Francisco, all playing great. Week 12 winners, Brady and the Bucks hanging on to the four seed after a loss in Cleveland. And then the Cowboys with the five and a six seed to the Giants, seven Commanders, also playing with a flame on their rocket ship. Wild card trio that looks great after defeating All NFC Falcons. East. All yeah, NFC yes. East. That's We're a really all... interesting look. Mm-hmm. Again, a really, really cool weekend. A long weekend of football. It just was relentless, which felt great. Week 12 you got to pick one, though, that mm-hmm. mattered most for one of these teams. A lot of different reasons to go different directions, but which one mattered most?
5: This might not feel like it's recent memory because it happened on Thursday night, but I think the Vikings win was huge. And I think the Vikings win was huge for the standings. They currently are the number two seed in the NFC. But also for psyche and morale. If the Vikings had lost to the Cowboys 40-3, to mm-hmm. and then four days later in their own building again... Lost to the Patriots. We would be done with the Vikings as a national media. We would Stop. be done with the Vikings as, as fans of football. We'd say, same old Vikings, same old cousins. Instead, cousins in Jefferson go up against a Belichick defense, Mm -hmm. score 33 points, and Justin Jefferson put on a show where he's basically like, you put me in January, I can do this against anybody. They were the ones who got the lucky bounces, they were the ones who weren't making mistakes at the end. And the image of Bill Belichick on a short week going up against a first-year coach, Kevin O'Connell, who used to be playing for Belichick and more or less never got in the field because of Brady under Belichick, for him to win that game, it's a major statement. There's this image that I have, and Kwab, our wonderful producer, uh, has it ready for us with the turkey leg here. I don't think anyone envisioned this. Kirk Cousins having the time of his life with a 9-2 and team eating a turkey leg after beating Belichick. Belichick.
3: you said, I feel like I'm in Disney World. I love it. That and it's fun. because of the turkey
5: leg. <laughs> it's because of the joy. The crowd has not filed out. They're loving it. This is an image that, like, you know... 24 hours earlier, I think everyone was like, oh gosh, here come the Vikings and then a the deer of the season, two home losses in four days. No, 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 just the opposite. They found a way. That's a resilient team right there. I think the Vikings had the biggest win. Because had they lost, they're frauds. They're the turkey. Yeah. Yeah. They're the two, they're two losses at home in four days, you're crap. Even though they're eight and three. You're crap. Yeah,
3: I You can't it. win. You know,
7: <laughs> instead? You're turkey. Uh, You're good. Yeah, I'm right with you. Primetime time game. They were on the four o'clock hour of the week before, and they lose 40 to three. In front of everybody. Huge win for them. But the Vikings. Win or or loss, they were going to be first in their division. I'm looking at the Washington Commanders, a team who was able to win on a last-minute play by the defense, but also the Seattle loss puts the Commanders in the playoffs, and they're rolling right now, and they've been fun to watch. And we watched Brian Robinson almost win an angry scepter from his touchdown. Scamper on a pass from Taylor Heineke. He had 20 touches in this game, 125 yards. He's starting to get rolling. They're running the ball effectively. Since Taylor Heineke has been in there, they've been 5-1 with him as a starter. They are winning football games late, and a lot of it has to do with their defense as well. Tenth right now in the NFL in points allowed and eighth in yards. We watched Kendall Fuller get the game-sealing interception. The week before, he gets a pick-six against the Houston Texans. The Commanders have just become this fun team to watch who are kind of the underdogs each and every week they go out there to play with a fun coach in Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, who's rallying around them. So many things going on around the commanders organization, but looking forward. They play the New York Giants a bye week, and then the New York Giants again. Oof. Right now in the seventh spot in the playoffs, we've talked about the New York Giants, where they are right now as a football team. Are they on a downward slide, whatever it case may be, this is a huge three-week stretch for the Washington Commanders and could kind of seal their fate of being in the playoffs in that last spot if they're able to hang on and maybe beat the Giants. It's zero-sum, too, because those two wins
5: over the Giants is two losses for New York, right? So it's like, here's our guys. there. I can't believe what they're doing, and yet Proud of those guys.
3: Yeah, yeah. The, you don't mention the riverboat. I, I can say I've never seen any riverboat casinos outside Newport Beach, but there's a guy who is the head coach of the Chargers who got a win who deserves a little credit too. I think it's the Chargers. I try as hard as I can in, in life and here at the table to avoid the easy targets. I hate easy targets, so whether it's you know Nickelback or the Shia LaBeouf had a run. Remember, Amanda Bynes had a run. Everyone's just, <laughs> just making jokes. It's Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G, Carson Wentz. The Chargers. The Chargers are an easy target easy target for lame jokes and I've definitely made them myself but I was so glad to see the Chargers defy the stupid lame joke which you know this if it's the late window and it's you know if if there's about 10 minutes left in the game and they got a lead or they're they're gonna blow it they didn't, and they beat the Cardinals, which is no incredible feat, but the fact that they did it in clutch fashion, everyone was just ready. The tweets and the emails were in the draft folder. We were just ready to just beat the crap out of the Chargers once again because you lost to the low Cardinals. I don't even think it was a matter of them going for two at the end. I think if they don't get that, fine, you respect the choice. I just think it was a matter of them not falling apart. They stay alive. They're mad. They matter in the AFC. I just am so glad it didn't go that way because I feel very strongly that a lot of these guys are still paying for the sins of Philip Rivers and the late Marty Schottenheimer and people who have nothing to do with the organization or the team anymore. Some of these players weren't even alive for some of the Chargers sins, but the jokes come up all the time. Sometimes we even make them at the table. It's nice to see them be like, no, 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 we got this one. I don't care if it's against a high school team. We're not falling apart. I think that meant a lot for the Chargers, and I was happy to see him do it. Mm -hmm. You know
6: who erased any joke fodder over the weekend for the team that has had the longest playoff drought over the last 11, 12 years? The New York Jets. Mike White, he took his eraser and he's like, not the same old Jets, just the Jets. Mm -hmm. Mike White looked really good. Most important win? There was not a more important win over the weekend than what Mike White did at quarterback for the New York Jets. Three touchdowns, over 300 yards. His completions were precise. They were patient. They were on point. He looked comfortable. There were was battling the elements. He was allowing wide receivers to play within themselves, guys that just were a shell of themselves up until some point this season. And Robert Sala put it best. He made the easy look easy. And when a quarterback who hasn't started a game in a year plays like that at home for a team that is well on its way to potentially fighting for a playoff spot for the first time since seeing themselves on a Mark Sanchez quarterback 2010 AFC championship game. A game in which they came back after being down 24-0 against the Steelers. They still lost. But the fact that the Jets are here, Mike White, that to me, most important win. Season-defining win if he continues to play this way, The
5: playoffs for today, they're in. They go to Minnesota on Sunday. That's a huge test. This is not Mm -hmm. the Bears' defense.
3: And then they go Buffalo after that. Yeah. Like, it's it's big time. Here we go. That was like a little warm-up, and now we'll see. (laughs)
5: I'm on a
6: tear, too. You know Mike White, the the writer, producer, actor? White Lotus. Yeah, and White Lotus. He was in School of Rock. Like, now I think the Googled Mike White is still the picture of... Is it? Yes. Got to become the Jets quarterback. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Speak it into existence, Mike White. We're working on it for you on Good Morning Football. Tom Pellicero, you're the first thing that pops up when you type in Tom Pellicero because you are just riddled with information. One of one. What is the latest on Aaron Rodgers?
8: My dad has the same name, but I win the Google searches, Jamie. Aaron Rodgers underwent further (laughs) testing Monday on his rib injury. Coach Matt LaFleur said Rodgers is feeling a lot better. My understanding is, at least initially, Rodgers believes that this is an injury that he is going to be able to play through after tests in Philadelphia ruled out a punctured lung, which was Rodgers' initial fear, but he was still gathering second opinions. We'll see over the next 24 to 48 hours here exactly how the Packers decide to proceed. Rodgers and LaFleur. Floor have both said, as long as they are mathematically alive, the intent is for Rodgers to be out there. But Rodgers also did notably leave the door open to potentially the possibility of having a conversation about going to Jordan Love if and when the Packers are eliminated. Meanwhile, in that same game, another injury. Eagles safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson suffered what I am told is a lacerated kidney. He is now out indefinitely. It is not a surgical injury. He's still undergoing tests, so timetable to be determined, but not expected to be season-ending. Still a blow for one of the Eagles' best defenses and one of their tone-setters, Gardner Johnson. Jamie.
6: That's awful. That's awful for the Eagles. Secondary for him, he's been playing fantastic. Keep us updated on that one and much more. Tom Pelissero, thank you very much. Nice seeing you this morning.
5: A three-time Super Bowl champion and a friend of our program. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome back Scott Pico. What up,
2: Scott? Good morning, everybody. Great to see you again. I missed you last week. You too. Yeah,
5: we missed you. Happy holidays, of course. Scott, Odell Beckham Jr. has free agency meetings set up around the league all week, and yet he had this incident this past couple days. As a member of the NFL front office looking to talk to us, what are the conversations when a highly sought free agent has an incident at the last second when you, in your mind, say, hey, we were about to sign this guy. What are the thoughts over there in the building when something really sets you on a left turn?
2: Peter, I think the first thing you have to do as a general manager is make sure that you find out more about the situation. And interestingly, there's this alleged incident where there's he said, they said, and what we have to do now is hope that there's gonna be some video evidence, right? This is a day and age where it seems like anything and everything that happens on a plane ends up on video, but you've gotta get to the truth of this. Now, when you look at OBJ, it just seems like there's always a little something following him, right? There's a lot of alleged incidents, there's things that happen, never any one thing egregious or necessarily illegal but there seems to be some noise that travels with him. And then when you look at the risk versus the reward, last year, the risk that the Rams took paid off, but they only had him for eight regular season games and the playoff run. However, prior to that, when you look at the the pattern of behavior or the patterns in his history, he wore his welcome out in New York, he wore his welcome out in Cleveland, everything worked out fine last year. Those are the things you have to weigh. How is that gonna impact you for the last final run for your season now the other thing that you have to pay attention to is since 2017 as an athlete as a talent he's only played in 65 of his games and you're looking at a player that just turned 30 at a skilled position coming off an ACL there's a lot to consider here right now
6: Scott, we always appreciate your insights, particularly as it pertains to a high-drafted quarterback getting replaced. Of course, Mm. historically, you and your background with Tom Brady, but we want to spin this on to the New York Jets and their situation. They benched Zach Wilson last week in favor of Mike White, who had a fantastic game. Robert Sala has named Zach now the starter for this week. However, long-term, how do you see the Jets handling their quarterback situation?
2: Well, Jamie, first of all, I really liked the way that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala handled this situation. They had a quarterback that was number two pick overall that wasn't performing, and they showed him that he's going to be held accountable and held to the standard that everyone else is in terms of performance. The other thing that happened here was it was clear that the locker room was letting it be known that they weren't necessarily very impressed with the way that their young quarterback was handling accountability because he wasn't handling or taking any accountability. So I really like the fact that they said, well, actually, Robert Sala said, we're going to give him a reset, the adult version of a timeout. Then you bring in Mike White, who comes in, as you mentioned, Jamie, he lights it up. Only had six incompletions, over 300 yards, three touchdowns, but most importantly, he didn't have any interceptions. He didn't do anything to lose the game. And again, you know, people may say, well, that was against the Bears, but here's what I'll say. The Bears were the ninth-ranked pa- pass defense in the league coming into the game, and the weather conditions were bad. A lot of things could have gone wrong. They didn't go wrong. I like what they've done. They've put themselves in a situation where their number two pick overall from last Last year, it's going to have to prove that he gets this job. And I love the fact that Joe Douglas is willing to let his head coach make those decisions and not insert himself and his ego by saying, "Hey, this is my first-round pick. I've got to save my skin." I like what they're doing. I like what they're
3: doing too, Scott. Um, Meanwhile, the Rams are having this miserable season following their Super Bowl win, and their future Mm. is really murky because of the way they handle their draft picks. Scott. My take on Sean McVay getting hit by one of his own players right on the jaw is that he actually sort of Mm -hmm. liked it because it let him be back in the game and have some contact. What was your take on that? And have you ever taken fire down on a sideline at a practice or a game? And then tell us about the Rams.
2: Well, first of all, on the sideline, in practice, yes, but don't want to talk about it. I'll oh, just no. say this. I didn't go down. It was a shot, but I didn't yeah. go down. That hit on Sean was <laughs> awful, actually. <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes. But going to where the Rams are at right now, their situation right now, coming off a Super Bowl, unfortunately for them, is historically bad. When you look at their start through 11 games, their 3-8 and eight record is tied for the absolute worst in the Super Bowl era, which is 57 years. Only the 1987 New York Giants had a equal equally bad record at three and eight. But if you look back at those Giants, that was also a slightly strike-shortened season. They only played 15 games that year. And three of those first 11 games, the Giants played with replacement players. I know that, that Peter wants me to say the word scab, so there it is. They were scab players, Peter. <laughs> but when you look at that, this is genuinely historically bad. And when you are the Rams, they, they, it was paid off last year, all the changes that they made, all of the picks that they gave away. They won a Super Bowl. The head coach, the general manager, both got contract extensions. Those folks all won. But at some point in time, you have to look at where you're at. That pick that they trade to the Lions to get Matthew Stafford certainly got him a Super Bowl. But if the draft was today, that pick would be number three overall in the NFL draft for the 2023 draft. This year, going to the draft, they're also without a first-rounder and a second-rounder. I'm not sure how you build and develop a team long-term by doing this. But again, the important thing to the folks at the Rams believe that they got a Super Bowl, and that's what really matters.
7: Yeah, another team that had high hopes that are struggling so far this season, the Broncos, and a lot of it has to do with the performance of Mm. Russell Wilson. We saw it kind of come to a head this past week with Mike Purcell letting him have it on the sideline. Mm. Scott, you're a general manager. You're down there looking. What do you think of that incident, and what do you think of the struggles for the Broncos' season this year?
2: Jason, I want us to go back, first of all, you talk about handling this as a general manager and a head coach. Let's go back to the beginning of the 2020, uh, 2022 season, which was in March. And Pete Carroll, who's likely a Hall of Fame candidate coach and qu- quite possibly a Hall of Famer, and John Schneider, who's absolutely one of the best general managers in the National Football League, by the way, giving a little plug to him for executive of the year this year, They know their teams. They know how to build teams. They've done it once before. They're back building it again. They let Russell go. There were some things going on. The chemistry wasn't right. They let Russell go. Good GMs, good head coaches don't let great players with upside leave. They let him go. When you look at what's going on right now, the Denver Broncos defense—they're ranked third overall in points given up, they're third overall in yards giving up. The defense is doing their share. That was probably part of the frustration what we saw the other day on the sidelines. But when you look at the Seattle—I mean, at the Denver Broncos defense—it is historically bad right now. Their numbers in terms of of points giving up—I got to look down at this—they're down to getting only fourteen. Points per game this season which is the worst by any NFL team since the 2000 Cleveland Browns when you look at numbers like that and you have a quarterback being paid that does a lot to your locker room it creates some problems so right now they need to figure something out quickly and the person who really needs to figure out is not just the coach it's Russell Wilson himself mm-hmm. Scott Great as
5: always. Kyle, during the segment, said, hey, Peter, who do you think was the guy who sniped uh, Pioli on the sideline? Who do you think he got clipped by? We're going to take some guesses. I'm going to say it was your Chiefs days. I'm going to say Javier Arenas on a punt return gotcha. Wow. I'm,
3: I'm going Patriots days. I think it's former Notre Dame fullback Mark Edwards. I mean, you don't want any piece of him. I'm going wow.
7: with Ted Johnson from the Patriots days as well.
6: I think someone shoved Belichick and he got pushed into you.
7: Come on, Scott. (laughs) Who was it, Scott?
2: (laughs) Well, you know what? You bring up the Chiefs. In Kansas City, it was the fans that were coming after me, not the players. Mm. So the truth is, it was during a workout. It was during (laughs) – it happened twice in a workout. It was Orlando Brown back in 1992 or 1993. I was working him out. Orlando kind of launched me during a a, a private workout – and the other person who got me very close was another workout. I was holding the bag and working out. It was Edwin Mulitalo. You Guys, remember him? You could. The Baltimore Ravens. Hey, hey, Edwin was a lot of man. Now I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh my God! <gosh>. He <laughs> uh, stayed up. That was the what worst. Scott kept his
3: feet. That's why we love him. Uh, Scott, you're the best. Awesome, Dude, awesome, awesome stuff, stuff as stuff, always. Awesome. Scott Pilley, we'll see you again out to next week. Shout
0: out to Edwin. Shout out to everybody but who ran into landed. Scott during the workout. <laughs>
6: hey the nfl is returning to las vegas in 2023 and transforming the pro bowl into the pro bowl games including new skills challenges culminating with an afc versus nfc flag football showdown an all-new format but the same way for you to vote on your favorite players and the league's best at each position will salva told us earlier that justin jefferson leading the votes right now Play your part in the 2023 Pro Bowl games vote presented by Castrol by texting VOTE to 635-635 or scan the QR code on your screen right now for more information on how to vote and participate.
7: Our next guest, Jim. you just talked about skills. Mm. We have a guy who has many skills, knows how to sack quarterbacks, knows how to do the worm, knows how to do splits. Mm. Whatever you need, he can recite every word to the Hamilton music. Is that right? He really? He can do it all. Welcome to the show, Dolphins defensive tackle, Christian Wilkins. What's up,
3: Christian?
9: <laughs>
3: What's up? Look at him. What's up, he how knows, you
7: guys doing? Thanks for doing. having me. We're doing great. We're we're doing great now that you're here. Now, Christian, you're a guy, the way you play the game, pulling towels away from guys, doing small things on the field to give your team the advantage. I've listened to your mic'd up. Where does all that passion come, and how much energy, how much do you love bringing that energy to your teammates and the team?
9: Yeah, that's definitely just a big part of my game. Um, You know, I love having fun. Love just trying to play the game the right way. Um, You know, be, be the guy everyone loves, you know, on your team and be the guy, you know, opponents hate to go against, uh, but just have fun with it, you know, so I'm playing the kids game, even though, you know, made it a career, you know, and, you know, it's a kid game. I like to have fun and, you know, bring that same passion and energy I've always brought since I was a little kid.
6: The whole team looks like they're having fun. They're winning. Your quarterback has been playing lights out all season long. Your head coach, Mike McDaniel, has a philosophy of building players up, and that has really seemed to have a positive effect on Tua Tungavailoa's game. What does Tua mean to this team right now? How he's carrying himself, and do you feel like you want to put an MVP stamp on this young man?
9: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Coach McDaniel's been a lot, you know, been great to have around, and he's big on letting guys be themselves and you know bringing guys up and you know really embracing who you are so that you can be the best player you can be on the field. Um, and as far as Tua, uh, he's he's been a lot of fun to watch. He's been, you know, he's he's been what we all thought he could be. Uh, you know, he's. He's, he's doing his thing this year, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. It's, you know As much as I like being on the field, playing on defense, it's fun to just take a, take a break, sit on the sideline, and just watch the offense go because it's been a joy to watch all year. Um, and, you know, there was some MVP chance for Tua at the game on Sunday. I was hyping it up. I was behind the fans. I was getting the crowd going because uh, he's definitely done some great things this year um, and definitely should be in the conversation I feel.
5: Christian, we've had you on the show about a dozen times. Mm -hmm. You're one of the biggest personalities in the league. And I feel like because the Dolphins haven't been this playoff team, America's just getting to know a lot of you. For those fans who are watching the show and haven't seen the Dolphins be playing relevant football in January necessarily, let's get to know you better. Here's my question for you. Your favorite movie of all time okay, let's go. and your favorite album of all time. Christian Wilkins, you're on the spot, my friend.
9: <laughs> oh, I like that. So, All right, so my favorite movie of all time, I'll give you two. I'm a big Power Ranger fan. Uh-huh. Uh, that's, that's my sack celebration. So the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger movie, that's, that's to the soul right there. Um, that's, you know, that's close to me. Uh, and then I would say Catch Me If You Can. Uh, I think that's, you know, it's an all-time movie. That's a great movie. Uh, and then I'd say my favorite album of all time. I like the early Kanye stuff. So uh, I would say The College Dropout.
7: Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Christian, in the Mighty Morphin' time, are you still doing that with Rayquan and Zach Sealer down there? Are you guys still doing that celebration and powering up on the sideline?
9: Absolutely, man. That's, that's, that's my alter ego on game day, the White Tiger Power Ranger. I power up every time before I go on the field. I morph every time I get a sack. I just have fun with it. I fully embrace that, uh, my, my alter ego and my inner, inner child on, uh, on game day and still do all the Power Ranger stuff. Well, to that point, Christian, I picked up on something
3: you said. You said you like being the guy opponents hate to go against. That, to me, sounds like more than just being a good player. What goes into being that person on the field that make your opponent be like, ah, oh, we got Wilkins this weekend? What goes into that?
9: Well, really just, you know, again, being, you know, just doing my job, doing it at a high level, uh, competing, uh, you know, just just really, you know, being right in front of my guys, really, um, just the energy I bring, uh, just knowing that I'm, it's never going to stop. You know, I'm always going to be the same guy every play, whether I lose a rep, rep whether I win a rep. I'm still going to be the same guy every play and just bring that energy. What do you say,
3: Christian, to people who say they also don't want to face you because of stuff that happens after the play that they're not into?
9: Um, that's, I mean, hey, I mean, that's on them, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know what you're exactly getting at or alluding to. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's hey, that's on them. I'm just having fun. I like to do my job and, you know, try to do it at a high level. And, you know, if, if it ruff, ruffles some other guys on the other team, Hey, that's, that's on them.
7: Mm. Power Ranger style. Power Rangers rough us all the time, right? Tim? Hey, mm-hmm. You damn right, Christian. You go out there and you give them hell when you're playing. And one of the reasons Absolutely. they hate to play against you, I do a segment that we call "Ooh!" Mm-hmm. right here on the show. In week three, we brought up a hit that you had against Buffalo. Take me through this hit, what you're thinking, and how you want to oppose your will on the opponent.
9: Yeah, well, just like I said, like I try to play the right the game the right way all the time, and I'm a big believer oh. of defense. Alignment should always run out the stack, Damn. always run to the ball, and should always play hard no matter how talented you are. So that's just a. A a time right there the ball goes out Uh, you know I'm trying to get out the stack and just make a play bring some energy from my team Um, he didn't see me coming and I was able to lay a nice hit on him so yeah
5: Christian this week there's a lot of familial blood in this matchup Mike McDaniel used to coach for the San Francisco 49ers a lot of those current players he just got Jeff Wilson you know Mostert all these guys came from the Niners and on the other end that is the number one defense in the league when you look at that matchup Dolphins 49ers are you guys ready for this fight
9: yeah um, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun uh, this is what you you know what you look forward to doing what you you know want to play you want to play good meaningful football in December uh, and you know you're looking up you look forward to challenges like this and I know there's a lot of little other things that goes on like you you' like you were saying uh, you know guys on you know a lot of familiarity between the two teams and everything like that. Uh, but it's just gonna be a fun matchup, and you know, and it's gonna come down to execution and who who plays the hardest for for the longest and who plays the best, uh, who plays well. But really looking forward to the matchup, is gonna be a lot of fun.
6: Christian, I'd love a status update on something that hit the headlines with your team earlier this season, the ping pong table. Is it <laughs> okay. back in the locker room, and even and when you play said ping pong game, do you do the worm when you win that game, or is that just for on the field kind of stuff?
9: Uh, just on the field, uh, and hopefully I get to do it more on the field after a few more touchdowns or something this year or in the, or in the upcoming future. Um, I can't confirm or deny anything about the ping pong table. Um, Come on, Christian. I feel I feel or not, <laughs> but but it was it was it, it's yeah it, it, that thing was a lot of fun and it got competitive so. I don't doubt it for a second. McDaniel did this deep
3: dive in the ping-pong table. I know it's very secretive and very personal to you guys, so we'll leave it. The worm thing, though, Christian, you have did this incredible worm. You've done a million different celebrations that we've loved. Is there something that you haven't done yet as a celebration on the field that you're like, man, I got this one idea. Someday I want to hit this. This is my dream.
9: (laughs) Uh, Typically, I'm just a spur-of-the-moment kind of guy. I don't have anything that I, you know, that I have my back pocket ready to go. But, you know, spur of the moment, we'll see what happens as things come along. And, you know, I'll get creative and always, as always, have fun with it.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want,
3: You already know what it's time for. It's time to check out the Power Rankings by Dan Hanzos at a Week 13. We always do this with a category each and every week. Uh, We're talking a lot about one-handed catches today and this week there's been so many in the NFL. We're going to do this with Famous uses of the word catch. So let's get right to it with the summer catch division. Shout out Beal and Prins. Ken Griffey Jr. makes a cameo at the end of the movie. Mike Tolan directed it. Houston Texans sitting there at 32. Guys, look what happened to the Broncos. They're down at 31. And look who's above them. What the heck's going on out here? The Rams. It's just that this is no fun down there. So let's move on to the catcher rising star division. The comedy clubs responsible for Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, Richard Belzer, you name it. Upper left corner, the Raiders. The Raiders gonna get this thing cooking in the last month, it'd be great. The Buccaneers, such a disappointing loss. Browns, Lions almost had on Thanksgiving, didn't they? Let's move on to the Catch Me If You Can division. I think a second tier DiCaprio movie, but people getting their feelings about that. Upper left corner, Titans at nine, and Jets will round out the top 10. Peter, what do you see there? Christian
5: Wilkins loved Catch Me If You Can. It's his favorite movie of all time.
3: Well, it's not as good as Wolf of Wall Street or The (laughs) Revenant, I'm not saying it's not great, it's just it's not DiCaprio's best. Let's move on, though, Frank to the, of course, Abagnale. Frank W. Abingale. This is the To Catch a Predator division mm. hosted by not Scott Hansen, but Chris Hansen. Why don't you have a seat right there? Philadelphia Eagles, they go, Am I going to get in trouble? He go, That's not up to me. The Eagles, the best team in the league. Then the gang tackled in the driveway. Uh, Chiefs, number two, Niners, creeping up to three. Them boys at four, and the Bells, Dolphins, Vikings, Bengals. Let's bring in the man behind the power, Dan Hans How you doing, Dan? Good morning.
10: I'm doing all right. You bring up to catch a predator. I feel like that was the lowest moment in culture for our country, even if they were in, in, in theory it was a good idea, but it's weird to think about mm. it.
3: It's possible. It also might be with the best television show ever. Uh, well, I've logged a lot of TCAP. Um, Dan, let's move on though quickly. I'll I'll, I'll do a Saturday afternoon on YouTube with that show. Let's start with your numbers one and three. Uh, the producers want me to make this about me and they're saying yesterday on the show, I said that the Eagles and Niners are going to be in the title game, San Francisco at Philadelphia. Do you agree or not? All about Kyle. Uh, yeah, I do agree. And
10: if, if I, if I didn't, then my power rankings would be wrong, so that would be kind of a trap. I have them at one and three right now, and you look at where the Eagles are and what they're doing offensively, 363 yards on the ground on Sunday night. Then you look what the Niners are doing on offense, of course, but on defense. Uh, they are shutting out teams every week now, and it is the old uh, unstoppable force versus movable object. With respect to the Cowboys and Vikings, but yes, I think this is the matchup everybody wants to see, and I think it's the one we will see, barring something unfortunate.
5: Yeah, and we go to the AFC, and you get an 8-3 and three Bills team ranked 5th, while the Dolphins, who are 8-3 and, and have beaten them, are at 6. We know that the head-to-head might not matter as much, but th- that, that isn't in our complete rear view. So explain the reason why Bills over Dolphins, despite the same record, and Dolphins beating the Bills.
10: I can't be the only one, although sometimes it feels like it is I just need to see a little bit more from the dolphins because I know they're on a five game winning streak and they're killing everybody right now. Uh, But the streak did come against Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, Houston up next is at San Francisco at chargers at bills at new England jets. Um, So now is when I get to really, and you know, I have them in the top 10 out of respect for what they've done, but there's still part of me that thinks the Bills are the better team. We'll see them get in a rematch, but I'm very excited to see this schedule tighten up for the Dolphins and see how this offense looks against big time competition.
6: Dan, earlier in the show, we were talking about the Bengals and perhaps the shift that's happening within their division. Bengals looking hot, looking to get hot in December. Uh, The playoffs, when they shake out in January, do you expect the Bengals to land where they sit right now, or do you see even more movement for that team?
10: Jamie, I think they uh, have a real shot here because what they did against Tennessee, going to Nashville and being the more physical team without Joe Mixon, without Jamar Chase... They had the X Factor, which is Joe Burrow, who's just such a special talent. And I just think this is a team that is ready for January football right now. I hope they stay healthy. Jamar Chase is supposed to return this weekend, but look at the offensive line. You find you can find a lot of their improvement there. They got uh, Burrow got sacked nine times in the divisional playoffs by the Titans last year. I know Tennessee is missing guys now, but they only got him once on Sunday. That has improved. The Bengals are ready to roll.
7: Now, Dan, and you and all the other Jets fans are rejoicing after this week in getting the win over the Bears. You have them ranked 10th right now. Where do you see these guys going with their quarterback situation moving forward?
10: Yeah, it's weird because on the show, I've been on the show for three or four years now. We never talked about the Jets, and now I get to talk about them every week. <laughs> it, it's been it's been a roller coaster this Jets season uh, for the team, for the fan base, and obviously what happened with Mike White on Sunday was special and a lot of fun. Uh, kind of with the Dolph- like with the Dolphins, I need to see what Mike White and this offense looks like against a better team. Not that Minnesota is some crazy defense, but you put them on the road. If they go and they win that game, Whoa, look out. The Jets fans are going to be going nuts, and they are going to make a big march, uh, maybe up into the top five to seven of the power rankings. Oh, pinch me. It's getting
0: crazy. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.